Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Work Therapy Podcast, where the struggle is real, but the possibilities are endless. I am Brooke, your co-host and founder here at In Good Company. This podcast is a little corner of the internet where we explore the modern work landscape, how to navigate it and make it more meaningful. Okay, so Kendall, you have you have your check you have the check-in question. Okay, today. I do. Okay, so Brooke, here's my question. What is a thing like a chore, a household chore or thing on your to-do list that you hate doing and you just put it off all year long and finally you get to the breaking point, maybe December or January where you're like I just got to get this done now. Ugh. I would say the chore is uh, it's like the same thing, but in a lot of different places. So like cleaning out old stuff and like reorganizing. So like my bathroom. So I'm not good at, I, I'll like go through, do like, I remember last March, end of March, I like went th- maybe mid-March. I went through, got home from a trip from California. I remember this vividly and it's midnight and I tore through my master bathroom till three in the morning. <laughs> I was like, I, like can't I can't take it anymore. All yeah. the bottles, the eye creams, the lotions that are old and you just need to chunk it. Is yeah, that what it and was? Then, like the medicine's not in the right place and like it becomes like a junk drawer. So literally that's my, it's so funny you brought that question up because I in December had grand plans of doing every single closet and every bathroom and the garage and the pantry. Um, and I got through the pantry and the garage and then like the kids toys but i did not get to any of the bathrooms or the guest closets or i did yeah any of the closets so i ended up changing it and i actually have it in my task list in notion so i'm doing my ba- master bathroom this weekend and maybe the boys closet but for sure the master because i literally can't find anything and it's it's very it's yeah it's affecting me so what about you <laughs> okay, I have not cleaned out our file cabinet since we've been married. I've been married for eight years and I finally decided to go through the papers in our file cabinet and just chunk the ones that I'm like, why am I, we could let this sheet of paper go. And oh. then I hate organizing my mail and bills and papers and filing them away. So I have a stack that just collects. It's That's and my I husband. Finally, and I Justin finally organized that. them all and I feel so much better, but I hate doing it. And I'm, I really want to try to like file throughout like every day. So I don't end up with a stack that needs to be filed. I just need to do it then. That's I don't a good know why idea. That's so exhausting to think, oh, I need to just put this full paper where it needs to go from the very beginning. It's like I put it in a pile and then I go through the pile and then put it where it needs to go. And it just creates more work. Agreed. I mean, Ideally, we'd all have a place for everything and just do it right the first time, right? And that's not necessarily reality. We do. And the drug drawers I do find are useful, but they I they are. But I hate going through them. Will you like listen to music while you do it? Is there something? Yes, can you listen I'll to a good, to... like true crime podcast. Yes, or... I do put on a show while I do that, so I try to make it entertaining. But I kind of get so engrossed. I have to think through everything that I don't pay attention to it. So I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's true. I feel yeah, better. Files, files are different than like organizing a master bathroom. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's like, eh. 
Well, let's go into the work issue for today. So the work issue we're going to talk about is a question around how to manage different personalities within the workplace. So from a management perspective and from just a peer perspective. So this topic, I'm excited to talk about it, Kendall. I think I think it's a big deal. I think personality tests are very popular and obviously we all have different personalities. And so, yeah, what's what's the first thing that comes up for you? with that question. Like, how do I manage I, personalities, different personalities? I feel like for a company to run efficiently, you generally need a lot of different personality types. Well, let's first define you know, like, personality types. Like when you say personality types, what are you thinking? I'm thinking about people that are introverted versus extroverted, people that are overly talkative versus not very talkative, people that are generally like think about life as half glass full versus like they're always going to see the negative side to everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People that are super analytical and people that are like more creative, like there can be some polar opposites in just the way general people move through the world. They feel more. Yeah. What do you think of when you think of personality type? Yeah. Same type of thing, like different motivators, different ways of like wanting to have like maybe conflict avoidant or people mm -hmm. that really love conflict or like just like hit it straight on um yeah i think we're we're on the same page i just wanted to you know and then let's talk through some of the ways people define it so like different i would say personality types some people would say enneagrams not but it is i mean yeah it's a it's another one of those definitions where people describe their general personality exactly yeah. whether you want to call it personality makeup vibe whatever. what vibe <laughs> i don't know yeah. yeah i love it if like a vibe test maybe i'd be into that <laughs> yeah so, sometimes it is kind of like that like that's your vibe you generally put off yeah so there's that there's strengths finder which i think is a little bit different than personality because it's more like focused on like strengths rather than uh -huh. how type, I guess. Um, there's the disc test. There's culture index. Yep. There's so many more. What else am I missing? Myers-Briggs. Yeah, Myers-Briggs. And then there's a thousand others. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Personality test? Uh-huh. I think Enneagram makes more sense to me than any of the others personally. Okay. So that's what you identify with the most. Or I, I think it's good. I like it um, because it kind of talks about where you go to in stress and in health, which I feel like the other personality things kind of don't talk about different nuances. They feel mm -hmm. a little bit more rigid, putting you in a box in a certain way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I like it because it, it's like a mindful thing a little bit. Like here's some tools based on kind of right. where you go and stress. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. What's your, I, what's your thoughts on it? I'm not a huge fan of any of them, but I do love, I actually love Strengths Finder. And, but we said that's kind of not a personality test, but I, it's a test that we take a lot. So I'm going to put it in the pile. And then, you know, Enneagram I hated for, I didn't like forever. Cause I was like, I don't resonate with any of these. And then 
last March, I kind of came to learn that I'm, I think I'm an eight mm -hmm. and that was just not even on my, like, nobody typed me as an eight. It didn't, even, it just totally blew by me for the first like three years of talking through the Enneagram until I had an eight be like, oh, you're an eight. And then I looked at it again and I was like, oh, I'm an eight. But I think like the whole child thing, like it talks about like your like love for children and you're justice oriented. And I guess I didn't relate. Like I love my children, but I'm not like a, I don't have like magic with kids. And I feel like people emphasize that about eights. And then I am justice oriented, but not that justice oriented. I mean, I am, I just wouldn't characterize myself as like an activist, you know? So I think I mm -hmm. just over, yeah. So analyzed I, it. And was yeah, like, oh, that's not me. I'll write that off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think eights are kind of rougher on the edges sometimes. So I think I'd also like been like, oof. again, I try not to focus too much on types or anything like that, but it has been actually helpful for me to be like, okay, that makes sense, you know, and be more self-aware. So, and you're a four, no, you're seven, you're seven mm -hmm. with a six wing. Maybe I can relate to sixes and eights. Yeah. I feel like you lean more into your six from a friend's perspective, but you don't oh, have sure. the eight in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm kind of like you. I think if you make it like into this rigid, all personality types, if you start going too much by the book, you kind of miss some things. Because mm -hmm. people are so complex. You can't just take a test and be like, this is me. You know, there's yeah. a lot of layers to pe who people are that you can't just can encompass in a little test or quiz. Yeah. And I actually think that and and I want to go more into like, yes, I want to talk about managing personalities. I think us just grounding like what is a personality? What are like kind of the tests out there? And then my belief in, in the workplace is I think we can over-focus on personality types instead of just learning how to manage conversations and navigate different types of people. Yeah, we can talk more about that. I think but the I think first is awareness that not everyone is going to think like you. They're not going to see the world like you. They're not going to experience the world mm -hmm. like you. People could be in the same room as you and walk away and literally have a completely different experience. And when you don't acknowledge that, you're missing a big piece. Because I find some people just automatically assume that if they experience something, everybody else in the room would experience that. And I'm like, that is not true. So I think that that's a big miss when we don't acknowledge that. And so you're saying you think personality tests help people or not personality tests. I just think in general, if you don't have the awareness that not everybody experiences things things the same that's and where the rub is yeah I, that's the biggest rub is if you're literally approaching people and being like aren't you going to see the world like i do or like even more than kind that like just not understanding yeah you're assuming assuming that everybody in the room is going to experience what you're experiencing you have to be curious and humble enough to ask I experienced this. Are you experiencing this? Yes. Yeah. I'm seeing this. Are you seeing this this way? Or how are you seeing it? And there's a healthy way to do that. Right. And it, I think, like you said, it just starts with saying, like, understanding that 
trying to, I would say the practice of not making assumptions would be the first thing. Exactly. So I had a guy on my team and he's still on my team. I, I, we've never taken a personality test and compared it, but I guarantee you like whatever I am, he's the complete opposite. He was so opposite of me. Like I, I don't notice details and I also don't pay attention to them where he notices too many details, like so meticulous, so detailed very slow. I'm very fast paced. I want to move at a very quick pace. He's like, mm -hmm. let's slow down and go through details. And I was like, it felt like sandpaper to my skin working <laughs> with him every day. It felt like I was carrying around weights, like working with this guy on my team because it was like, can we move a little faster? And can we not ask a million questions? And can we just hurry up and get to work? Like, why are we talking so much? Let's yeah. work. Yeah. And then I had to realize that part of him, because we were so polar opposites, it was actually really good for me to slow down and be connect. Like, oh, it's good for me to slow down and ask more detailed questions. It's actually good for me to have somebody on my team who is detailed so he can, he can correct my mistakes. So instead of looking at it like, oh God, what a drag this person is to my team. I started looking at him more of like he was able to fill in the places where I'm not really great rather than look at him as a person on my team who bogs me down. Yeah, he served a different purpose, you know? Right. I wanted him to be like me, but there was already me on the team. I didn't need another me. <laughs> yeah, know? everybody was fast and nobody was slowing down to admit, it, it would know, be bad. all the questions. Yeah, and then he would probably never get into action because he would maybe overanalyze everything. Right. He needed me to be like, let's get it together. So that's, mm -hmm. I feel like, I see a lot of team conflict when people are frustrated at another person on their team because they want that person on their team to be like them. And I'm like, they are not you. But what does that person bring I think when you focus on what are the good sides that that person is bringing to on the team, then it can help you in communicating. Yeah. And those different perspectives are what bring a very well thought through problem solve. Like it, it helps you think through and identify, yeah, thought through solutions or possibilities to certain issues or problems you're dealing with you know um i was facilitating like a quarterly planning offsite with an executive team this week and we started out with i said hey what does everybody want to get out of today like what would success look like and one of the men said mutuality and i was like that's great because and what he was saying is like let's have healthy debate you know let's leave let's leave room for every perspective to be heard in making decisions about what we're going to focus on the next 90 days and it was a really powerful way to start the offsite because that was kind of at the forefront of everybody's minds and we did this is a fiery team i mean they had very strong loud debate <laughs> you know yeah um and lots of different personalities in that room. And so I guess my question is, how did it change when you were able to have the insight that you needed his difference of approach to make the whole team better? I think I wasn't, I, 
coming at him so aggressively with anger and frustration, like, why can't you be different? Instead, I was coming with, we are very different, so now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the argument was me trying to make him into something he wasn't. And I was like, this is dumb. The, he's never going to wake up and be like, going to be really speedy and fast and going to ignore all the details. Like, I, I literally don't think his brain will ever work like that, you know? Yeah. And I, I want to highlight something it, you said, like trying to make him different than he was. I think so many times we get, that's where drama, like that's where conflict becomes non-generative and costs you time, energy, and money when you're focused on trying to change someone who's just maybe they're not going to change. And he may yeah. have wanted to, like, he may have been like, I'm trying really hard to be faster and not as detailed. And he just can't turn it off. And that's actually a good thing. Yeah. But we I had to it... like pause and really assess. And there's some people like in the workplace where their natural personality they're never going to enjoy a certain line of work because who they are as a human being and the line of work is going to be a rub in who they are. Yeah. And that's you when they, they need to just make a, they need to leave or they need to be, you know. Yeah. Like you're in a career released. that you're going to be miserable every day. Like if I was in a career where I had to literally be detailed and meticulous, I, I would be depressed and go crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I would. So I choose to be in a career if it doesn't quite require that. <laughs> you know smart yeah yeah and i think it's so it, you recognize that he brought something different to the table so it became like you're able to appreciate that difference and he he him knowing that it was hard for him to turn it off and having maybe a, some pushback helped him maybe release every single question and kind of just move forward a little quicker than he than Did felt they, natural to him yes and then the when we would have team meetings, it was about meeting our company goals and how are we going to achieve the best for our goals and our clients. It was no longer about his personality and how he needs to be different. That was a dumb fight. Yeah, The conversation started to be like, great, you move slower and you're more meticulous, but we still got to meet our client goals. So how are we going to get there? Yep. The conversation wasn't on, well, you're like this and I'm like this and da 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 da. That's silly. How are we going to meet our goals? Yeah. A lot of times we, like you said, like I think drama, that's what drama is. It's like people trying to change each other, just getting in that like swirl, right. getting distracted, looping when it's like, okay, <laughs> we're, we do need to work together, right? Like we do need to learn to work together and it's not about us. It's like about this, it's about our client. It's about another goal. So like, how can we align on the goal and focus on that instead of just on each other and how we wish each other was different? Yeah. Cause then that, that keeps you from getting to your goal. So I read this, this book's called conflict without casualties. And I just, I was like reviewing it, um, at the hotel, I think it was Wednesday morning, and it says drama is the result of mismanaging the energy of conflict. It diverts energy towards the pursuit of self justifications, one of the strongest human urges, and one that almost always gets us into trouble. The word compassion originates from the Latin root meaning co suffering. 
com means with or together or alongside. Compassion is the result of people taking ownership of their feelings, thoughts, and behaviors and choosing to spend the energy of conflict producing effective solutions that preserve the dignity of all involved. Oh, I love that. Preserve the dignity of all involved. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, again, it's having a conversation, even if, yeah, he needed to shift a little bit. You probably did too, needed to make a little bit of an adjustment, but there's a way to do that and preserve dignity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because no one's going to be excited about a kind, a- accomplishing a goal when they felt beat down every day by who they are as a human being. No one. No one. So what good is that? I wouldn't want somebody to do that to me. I'd feel deflated. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing this author says is, you know, the purpose of conflict is to create. And I think if we can look at that, have that in mind next time we're dealing with a tough personality to look at that and say, okay, the purpose of this is like to create like this energy here can be generative. So to do that, how do I honor and respect and continue to give you your dignity? Unless they're being a total asshole. You know what I mean? Right. Unless they're yeah. just like, that's a, you got it. Different. Like, go. You got to set up. We're not talking about that here. I just want to, you know, distinguish yeah. what we're saying. But like, it's, yeah, it's okay. What can we create in this differing opinion or approach or ways of going about something? Like, how can we honor one another and create something that would be better than just one of us doing it. And it's always better if more people are involved. Okay. So what if, what's your takeaway? I mean, I'm somebody that finds different people interesting, like how they work. I find that's like so fascinating the way some people think completely different than you. I find that kind of like adventuresome to kind of know huh. people in that yeah. way. It's like, a, like hmm. that's a, interesting way to go about that never would have thought that you know so sometimes like people that are different than you can all instead of looking at it like scary or annoying or frustrating you can look at it like this could be an interesting journey I'm on to understand somebody completely different totally and again so much about like being able to see things in a in a way that's going to you know kind of lessen the burden make it less painful is seeing it in that light of like, oh, what can I learn? Like, this is, I'm I'm so interested or that's interesting the way that they did that instead of there's what, if they ask another question, I'm going to right, right. lose it. <laughs> and that's real, you know. That is like, real. There's definitely people that are like, oh my gosh, I just can't today. I mean, that's true. Yeah. I've, I've probably been that person to other people too. Yeah. Like, and I think if it's a two-way conversation, it's just you and I say, hey, you know what? I don't know if I can answer another question today. Can we connect about that Monday? Like, I think that's okay too, to be like, I, I just can't. But yeah. I do think that curiosity and really finding people interesting and not like demoralizing them because they're different from you or they choose to approach things differently. I think it's like you, we said the dignity thing, like how can we truly honor and respect them and... Yeah, because they are human beings that have immense value, even when they're people and not acting, you know, even when right. it's just not a personality thing. Again, what we're talking about is different personalities. We're not talking about somebody being a jerk. Mean or, yeah, we're just talking about different people just being different. 
Yeah, it's different. I personally am really bored when I'm with people that are like me <laughs> all the time. I mean, I really love people that have the same interests, but I think we feel the same way about that conference. I'm not going to name it, but it's a bunch of women. It's like a faith-based conference and it's a bunch of women and they get together and it's like two days. Do I need to text it to you? No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. Are you talking about like it, you feel bored being around people that are like all going to say the same thing, all going to think the same way? Yeah, kind of. All from like the same tax bracket. All the same skin color, all wearing yes. the same side of outfits. It's like kind of like, okay, let's. Yeah. It's all... good to get out. It's good to experience people that are different than you. It's It's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love. Yeah. I think I do see the benefit in it. And I think we, I know, do the, think you have to honor people that have different styles when you're managing them, because some people, if you're managing different people, different personality types, you really do have to meet them in their style sometimes to help speak their language. Okay. Would say you say that's true? You may not be able to do that all the time. Yeah. I think being savvy is what I think about, like being savvy and understanding how somebody works, not being manipulative, but just being aware. I think people can get in the rut of like, oh, this person needs, I think we can like baby people a little bit and try to cater to them, their anxiety because they're a tough personality rather than like also kind of raising the bar or having high expectations. I think sometimes, are you tracking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely saying like, don't baby people too much. Like, oh, you're just the detailed one or you're the chaotic one. Like acknowledge who they are, but also people need to be asked to change and grow too. Yeah. We can't just say, this is my personality and I'm always going to be like this. You know, or I'm just like, I'm kind of flighty. And so I may be like late to the meeting or it's like, no. Yeah, you need to yeah, be on time. Or I'm just like expressive, so I'm going to talk over everybody. Like if somebody's a talker and that's like their personality, they do need to exercise restraint and learn to listen. Agreed. And maybe you're a little laid back and that doesn't mean that you just like kind of sit back crisscross like in a meeting, like that body language is, you know what I mean? So I think right. it's just... Yes, be yourself and be professional. And the weaker parts of your personality, learn to manage them. It's just, it's not enough to be like, eh, I mean, I'm just like not detail oriented. You know, it's like, okay, if I know, and I'm the same Kendall, like if I know I'm not I need detail oriented, I need some structures around me or people to double check some work or to like make sure that this doesn't get missed. And not volunteer for things that are super detail oriented, you know? Yeah. Agreed. And not take a job where that's going to be the main thing. So, yeah, also, exactly. I do. <laughs> I like what you said. You said manage the more weaker parts of your personality, which is true, or put boundaries around them or, or be vulnerable with your team and say, this is an area I'm not very great in. So, if you're going to put this expectation on me, I'm going to need either higher accountability or more help to grow here. Yes. I've had to do that in my professional life. When when people put expectations on me that are going to be a struggle just because of who I'm who I am, I have to be really honest with the team and be like, this may be rough for me to do, but I will try. 
Yeah, it's just being I need honest. Your help. Like, yeah. if you want me to take this on, I can. This is not a strength of mine. I will manage it, but I, it is not a strength. It is not something yes. that I'm going to crush naturally. It's probably going to take me longer. It's going to drain me a little bit. And that doesn't mean I'm not con- willing to do it. I just want to be open and honest about that. Yes. And again, I think when people say personalities, I think they, another way I say it, like, my friend Allie said this once, I think I brought it up on the podcast, like people are people And so people can be just people And it's just like you said, my, my takeaway from today is just be interested, intrigued, and curious first. When you- yes. yes, not coming in, I'm right, you're wrong. My way and the way I am is better than yours. Yeah. It can be there, but don't let it lead, mm-hmm. you know? I think it's natural for you to feel, okay, I, and maybe you're right in that time, but it's not about being right. It's just about, it's, if you really want to win and have a winning team, you're going to have to, like, learn to, yeah, lead with curiosity and work with people that are very different from you. Okay, do you have a, a song that you've been listening to lately? I really haven't. I've been on more of like a like podcast. A podcast. Okay, yeah, sure. But what about what you? podcast? Okay, I listen to Freakonomics. Okay, I never to listened to that. No. Freakonomics Radio. I just like it because they talk about economics and trends and I don't know, quirky things. What about you? Do you have a... You know... Or I've... do you have music you've been listening to lately? I was listening. Oh, this is funny. So I saw Hamilton, you know, when we were in New York and I was like, I like listened to the soundtrack when I was working out this week, which is so weird. Um, But I'm like, this is so funny that this is like what I want to listen to. But I think when you're seeing it live, I wasn't able to pick up every single word. So I just wanted to kind of re-listen to it so I could hear, yeah, just kind of relive it again. So that's what I was listening to this week that was kind of fun. I just love, love that show. And podcasts, I've been, I usually don't do true crime, but my sister told me about um, a short series that Dateline did. It's called Morbid. It's about this like pastor who is crazy in Seattle and kills his wife in 1997 and was like having an affair with all these women and counseling them. It is crazy. Oh my gosh. That that was really good. I was on the edge of my seat. Oh, wow. Good old Dateline. Yeah, I know. I never watch it, but I was like, oh, this is like really good to run to. And I had to drive um drive a lot just for travel this week so that was like a that like helped the time you're like huh yeah well that's good options i guess totally opposite (laughs) happy creative hamilton versus dateline i'm all over the place i'm still getting oriented to what is life in 2024 so no you're fine okay well everybody enjoyed it Yeah, me too. Thank you guys for listening and joining another hopefully insightful episode of Work Therapy. We hope that you have found the wisdom, renewal, and inspiration you were looking for. Don't forget to subscribe and follow, rate, and review the podcast. I like to say that your feedback helps other people get the therapy they need. So yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. We have a link to our survey. It should take you less than like three minutes to 
submit your work situations so that we can bring them up in the podcast. You can also um, see our show notes to download or follow the work therapy playlist on Spotify. So have a great week and we'll see you next time. 